0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Trenches Podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. With me as always, I've got my co-host, Aaron yakel Hey, Aaron, how's it going, my man?
1: Not too bad, sir. Glad to be with you. Excited to have our first ever guests.
0: Yeah, we got a uh, big-time guys right now. We're calling in the, uh, calling in the heavy hitters today. First off, we've got from... Our DHH uh, group, uh, my man goes by the name Commission Commissioner Gris, uh, Matt Griffith, how's it going?
2: Doing well, my man, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, it's nice to have you, we've uh, been trying to get you guys uh, on for a little while now, so glad we could finally get it worked out today. Also with us today, we've got, okay, we got... the hot take guru himself, Frank Scanduro. Frank, how's it going?
3: It's going good, man, thanks for having me. You know, glad to be on with my fellow DHH brothers, I'm ready to uh, rock this thing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Get a good group of guys together. Um, Today what we're going to do is we're going to go through a mock draft, a two-round mock draft of rookies. We've got it set up right now for um, about two rounds. We're each going to have about six picks on this draft, so you guys can kind of see uh, what rookies we take at which position and just kind of give you guys an explanation of why we take these guys there or why some guys would fall later. But before we start that, what we're going to do is talk about some news and notes. Um, Not much news and notes going on this week. Um, a few just a few points of news. Uh, Cam Newton today just began throwing regular size footballs, coming off that shoulder injury, kind of the same thing that Andrew Luck had. Um, he's finally throwing some regular size footballs again. So, Frank, what do you think about that?
3: Uh, I mean, good for Cam that he, he's getting healthy. Um, but at the same time, I think it proves my point that I I said when I was on the Trade Addicts Pod that uh cam has in his contract next year i think they can cut him for like close to five million dollars is uh, all the the cap hit they'll take and they drafted will greer for a reason in the third round um i think they like will greer they like what he can do with with dj Moore and curtis samuel and i think this will be uh cam's last year in carolina
0: yeah i was just about to mention that i know they took will greer in the third round so uh matt what do you think about will greer i know that You've looked at him for a little bit over the offseason. Do You have any thoughts about Will Greer? Do you think that he's the next quarterback they're going to try out in Carolina, or do you think that this is still Cam's QB room?
2: First of all, I'm having a hard time adjusting to you calling me Matt. So we're going to have to get, well, we'll get that figured out.
0: Bro. Yeah, we're we're going to get we're going to uh, we're going to have Aaron and Frank all sorts of confused. They're not going to know which Matt they're trying to talk to.
2: So I'm torn, man, because I, I, as Cam Newton as a player, I'm a fan of his. Um, but similar to Frank, I was selling him everywhere I could so beginning of last year. The writing seems to be on the wall. And with the injuries, the amount of, you know, just getting beat up that he takes throughout the years, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him either. And, uh, you know, Will Grip, Will Grip's more than capable. He's got the arm. He does have some wheels. He's got a great fit in there. And actually, I think it might be a boost to some of those receivers out there, which – have kind of been handcuffed to a certain extent because of the quarterback play. So, hey, I I wouldn't be surprised. It would be quite the shakeup, though, so we'll see how that pans out. Uh,
0: So this isn't exactly Cam Newton news, but I did see recently Curtis Samuel's been making some pretty spectacular catches in in training camp. We're not doing this. We're not doing training camp videos, are we? Anybody anybody buying the Curtis Samuel hype train, or is is it just OTAs and no one's really paying attention to it right now?
2: Yeah, I'll let let the fade, uh, the hype fade back down and buy him for something cheaper in a couple months.
0: Agree with that. No reason to buy high when you can just wait a few that's months like, and he uh, will come I down, down to earth.
3: <laughs> I saw one today and it was Mariota and it's like Mariota throwing dimes and it was just him rolling out and throwing like a five yard pass to Dylan Lewis.
0: Well, that's not going to matter anyway because come mid season they're going to look like to move on from Mariota because he sucks. So
1: I did see another DK can run routes though.
2: Dude, why was his knee so high? You saw that one? His knees were hitting his nose when he was running. Why did it take him 18 steps to make a turnaround on that
0: comeback? Because he has no lateral agility.
2: <laughs> he runs too fast.
0: Oh, oh man. man. Second point I want to talk about for the news section. Uh, Torrey Smith reconstructed his contract. Um, I think Frank, you said, or it was well, it was Matt. It was Matt that said he uh, he took, what, a $5 million pay cut for this year? Or?
2: I think two. I think it's about $2 million.
0: Two million. Okay, so does that possibly mean that we're going to see Gerald McCoy in Carolina sooner rather than later? What do you think, um, Aaron?
1: Somebody's got to move some money around for him. I can't say that he should sit out the entire season or anything because he's definitely a talent. It could clear the way for
3: him there for sure.
0: Yeah, I just, I can't see him staying a free agent any much longer than he already has. But I mean, hey, somebody,
3: don't be surprised. I know this is going to be a Homer thing. But don't be surprised if the Saints sign him, because we left, we lost rankings to the Achilles in the uh, divisional game last year.
0: What's their cap situation look like right now? Do you know?
3: I mean, it's never any good ever. But Loomis, the GM, makes moves every year to to sign one, you know, veteran guy to some crazy contract where it's like backloaded or some shit, and after he's gone for three years, we'll pay him still.
0: I mean, it was my me, but I'm, I'm hoping that Howie can move around the contract in Philadelphia and we can just bol- bolster that defensive line when it already is, but we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, tonight, what we're going to do, like I said, is just do a two-round rookie mock. So we've got our picks lined up. We know who's picking where. So at the 1.01, we're going to go and start with Mr. Aaron Yackel. Uh, You're up at, at pick one, man.
1: Pick one, super flex. This is an easy choice for me. I'm going legs. I'm going arm talent. I'm going a hopeful future with Kyle Murray, Arizona.
0: Did you see that that news that came out pretty recently that David Johnson said he's going to have to condition a little more because they're going to try and run like 80 to 90 plays a game now?
1: I did. If he's already realizing
3: it, I hope that translates to more opportunity for one David Johnson as well. So here's my thing, right? Uh, I agree that Kyle, like, I haven't really been big on him, but I, also, I agree that he's got talent. But I don't think, like, the college, the like, coaching game can translate to the NFL real well. I mean, we haven't really seen it happen much. You know, Chip Kelly had, like, one good season, and then they adjusted. I'd have to see it first before I buy into the hype. I do agree that he's got talent, but also he's the height issues and all that as well.
0: I mean, size, size isn't an area of concern, but one thing that you can see in his game tape is he at least doesn't go out and look to take the hits. You know, I've seen more yeah. than one occasion where he looks to slide when he takes off for a run before taking a big hit, which is more than you can say from a lot of the running quarterbacks that we see nowadays.
1: Right. That I think that points to a lot of his baseball background where he knows how to slide, and he knows he's – he realizes he's not Cam Newton. He's not a linebacker size. So if he wants to live another day, he's going to get out of the way and – only take three yards instead of five but he's gonna throw the ball the next time and not be on the
2: sideline
0: he does have a... a smart
2: player man he, he is he, i don't know i think he's, i don't i don't think he gets enough credit for being an intelligent football player he uh he doesn't really appear that way in his interviews and you know <laughs> with some of that stuff but do play smart
0: football man has a cannon for an arm too and i we want to talk about accurate arms he's He's one of the best that was that was in this class. So he's definitely got all the tools to succeed. It's just a matter of if that system's going to work or not. Moving on at 1.02, Frank, you're on the clock, my man.
3: All right, so I'm going with my 101, and it's going to be Nikhil Harry. I mean, he's going to have the opportunity. Um, I know they just re-signed Edelman, but Edelman and him don't play the same position. Even if they didn't re-sign Edelman, like, it's still going to be the same shares. Harry. He's got all the talent in the world. We've seen that. He came from a coaching staff at Arizona State with a bunch of former NFL coaches all over the place. Even with Herm Edwards all the way down to his positional coach was all ex NFL coaches. So they were getting him ready for this. And as much as I hate to say it, like he's got one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And Tom's going to find him a way. Like I I feel like he's going to replace Gronk in the red zone. Area and maybe over the middle of the field more. How Gronk used to do like the seam routes down the middle. They might slot him into like the slot a lot more and let him run those middle routes like posts and seams.
0: So two points to this. Uh, me and Aaron talked about this a little on our last podcast. But when was the last time that the Patriots drafted a receiver in the first round? Because that that's an honest question because I generally have no idea.
3: somebody in the first round. I feel like they always draft out of
0: the first round. So, I mean, if they're going to spend the draft capital on somebody, we saw it last year in Sony Michelle. if they're going to spend the first round draft capital on somebody, they're going to use them. They're going to give them every opportunity to play and to get the snap percentage and snap counts and everything like that. Uh, the second point that I want to make is with uh, Chris Hogan leaving the Patriots and with Rob Gronkowski retiring, there are a ton of targets available in New England. So there's no reason to not expect that Harry comes out and just – feast from day one with with all those open targets that are available
2: i'm gonna jump on what frank was saying too i think bill belichick is so smart and he's so like spiteful to a certain extent that he i think if even if one say fan failed to 31 he would have passed on that just to prove like i don't need gronk in this system to be great i could switch it up grab a receiver here put him in a different type of role and still make this offense tick with Tom. Like nothing ever changed, and it's just a different way of doing it. He's just gonna tweak his tweak whatever it is, just enough show everyone I'm still better than you at this.
0: Well, it seems to not ever matter what player the Patriots take; they'll take them, they'll take an unknown guy and turn him into a superstar. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's ridiculous
3: because it's the system that Belichick runs. I mean, how many guys have they have have wanted more money, and Bill's like, Yeah, see you later and then he just, like, replaces him with somebody else. It just, like, it, the train keeps going. The wheels yep. never stop, you know?
0: I am a little surprised, though, that the Patriots didn't take the, uh, the prototypical white receiver this year. That's, I think that was the one area that I was a little surprised about. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on to 1.03. Frank, you are still on the clock. You've got back-to-backs here. So, at the third pick, who are you taking?
3: So, I'm going to take my first running back off the board. My my overall RB one coming out of this rookie class, and that's David Montgomery. I love, it. Um, I love it. I think he he's got way too much opportunity. Cohen's not in between the tackles runner. Um, he's in a cold cold city. They play. They're gonna be playing a lot of games outside. You know, just in that division, plus being at home, and I feel like they're gonna want to run the ball more. And he's just – Montgomery to me was the most talented running back coming out of this class, you know. I, I don't – nothing knocking Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. I think they're both great. But I just – when I watched David Montgomery play, there was just things I saw that made me think that he was could be a three-down back, you know. Yeah. So, that's who I'm taking. I'm going with him and Harry to start this off and running
0: with it. You know, I think with the rise of Josh Jacobs and uh, Miles Sanders – especially over the last few months, everybody's forgotten just how dominant David Montgomery was last season in college Um, led in 2017, led the NCAA and missed tackles Uh, didn't slow down at all in 2018. And and people are just forgetting that that didn't happen because the next new thing is Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. So, I mean, I, I love that pick personally.
2: I think most people, you know, with the, with the Sanders and Jacobs rise, they're more sexy, quote unquote, Montgomery's the football player, man. He's the running back you want in your team, and it makes way too much sense for him to be up there in Chicago. He can do whatever you want him to. With Terreon, makes him better. I love it, man. I'm a big fan of Dave Montgomery. Going back to that 2017 season we were talking about, and he done nothing to show that he's anything but Darby one here. I mean, you could take and that's fine too. But uh, I'm putting my money on Montgomery with that price.
0: And you, you always have to pay to. Well, go ahead, Frank.
3: Sorry, I'm Jax. My, uh, my thing is Jordan Howard couldn't catch the ball, right? We all know that. He had stones yeah. for hands. They let him go, and they got somebody that, in case they need, like, now, like, they if they, like before when they put Jordan Howard in, you were like, all right, they're going to run the ball. but like, Now if they put Montgomery in, and be like, oh, maybe they're not going to run the ball. Like, they can do more play action with Montgomery than they could with Jordan Howard, in my opinion. And that's just going to open up the offense for the, the Bears even more.
0: Yeah. yeah. And... Well, one other thing that we need to talk about is, as, as fantasy owners, we always want to pay attention to who teams traded up for to draft, right? So, are we? I mean, is that just another point that we want to pay more attention to Montgomery because the Bears moved up to go grab their guy?
3: Yeah, just like we do in fantasy when we're in startups, we, draft, we trade up to go get our guy because we think they're going to be successful and they're going to put up points, you know? I mean, it's not to the same extent as an NFL team doing it. If you're going to trade up in the, in the NFL draft like that, I mean, and to draft the guy, you're going to give him the opportunity to shine. Now he may not hit. Who knows? You know, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it happens, they're at least going to, we're at least going to have enough opportunity, at least one or two years to see, they're going to give him, give themselves time to, to evaluate and see how he does.
0: So the point of a fantasy draft is what you really want to be doing is maximizing value and minimizing your risk, right? We can all agree to that. So for me, when when we look at, at at this draft, and it's I think we can all agree that it's one of a weak one of the weaker draft classes we've seen, just because we've seen so much talent come out in the last few years. But if I'm going to minimize my risk, I'm going to draft the player that showed out in college, who a team moved up for, and is getting going to be given every opportunity to carry a three down workload. I mean, that's the player that I'm going to want to go and get.
2: To no me that's,
1: the, that's the biggest thing to me is that he can do all phases. If the team has a strict two-down back and then they bring in the third round back, the defense starts keying in on that, and they know it's going to be a passing down. If you have the guy that can do all of it, you can keep the defense on their toes.
2: Yeah, I think they said that, too. They were talking about how they knew defenses were automatically adjusting when Howard was on the field. They weren't preparing for any routes out of the backfield for him. They already knew. And then it was polar opposite, when it was Cohen. Right? You're not. You don't need to load up the exactly. box by any stress. Yeah, I mean, you're handicapping yourself
3: as an offense in that situation. I mean, I think every NFL GM right now is looking for the the David Johnsons or the Connors or the CMCs or the like. You want that three down back that no matter what he's in the game, the defense is, is can't predict what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want the. You don't want. Oh look, Jordan Howard's out there on second and and six. Like. They're either going to run the ball or Jordan Howard's going to stay in and block. Like, that's their two options, really. Or yeah. he's going to run out on a flat. They're not going to pass it to him. If they do pass it to him, he's got, like, a 50% chance of catching it.
0: <laughs> you always want to keep teams guessing, and I think Montgomery's going to be able to do that because he has a, a certain skill set that you're going to be looking for when – especially teams are looking for whenever they draft players. So Man, It's
3: going to be scary to see him in that offense But Nagy, what he can do.
0: Yeah, agreed. So moving on at 1.05, Aaron, you are on the clock. What are you taking here? 104,
1: correct? Yeah? 104.
0: Oh, 104, yeah, 104,
1: I'm sorry. Let me say, normally, earlier this season, it would have been a different guy here for me, especially when this is But with our previous discussion and honing in on the one guy that can do all three, I truly believe this guy is going to change what we've seen from this team recently. And at 104, I'm going to go with the Miles Sanders running back for Love it. Philadelphia. And they now have their three-down back as well to supplant that stone-for-hands Jordan Howard that they signed for just in case they couldn't land a three-down player in the draft.
0: So I know recently we're seeing a lot of, especially after the draft, saw a lot of guys that said, oh, avoid Miles Sanders. He's, he's going to a team that's a running back by committee. He's, he, his draft stock should fall because he's not going to get the three-down workload that we thought he was going to get. But when, when's the last time that we've seen Philadelphia with, with a three-down running back that has the skill set that Miles Sanders does? I mean, it wasn't shady, sh- shady yeah, however many years ago that was. So And, and uh, Doug Peterson, in his tenure in Philly, has never had a running back that had that skill set. So I don't think this is going to be – a running back committee like everybody says it's going to be. I think this is – it might start off as one, but come week five, week six, I think this is Miles Sanders' show for the rest of the season and beyond.
1: That's where I'm at, too. And if, if he is truly a disciple of where he came from, when you look at Andy Reid's usage of the running back, and if he has that guy that can handle the whole role, it's his.
2: I want to get on board with you guys. Uh, I'm <laughs> – not to get hot takey here, Frank on the line. I guess that's a shallow waters to tread, but I, I'm not as on board right now, and maybe it's just because I I really don't know. I'm buying Jordan Howard for cheap right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I like Miles Sanders as the prospect. He had a fantastic year. Um, you know, a lot of people link it to Saquon. I don't really understand the link there other than playing on the same team. But he's a good player. He's athletic. He can do it all. I I don't know. I just, for me, he was the third running back out of the three.
3: So, I, I can see where you're coming from. And when people try to tell me that Jordan Howard's not going to be relevant, my argument is that, like, if you look back the last couple of years, they've had Ajayi and they've had Blunt. And they use both of them a lot. And that's the power back. And I don't know if Doug Peterson likes having one of those on the team, you know, for goal on situations, which it might be true, and he might only use Howard. My Howard might be more touchdown dependent than he ever has been. But I definitely think he has value this year. I don't know about next year. Howard having the value um, once Miles Sanders gets in the offense for a full season. Um, but I definitely see that. You know, I don't think Sanders is going to walk in and take over like day one and just be a three-down back. They're gonna. They got Corey Clement, you know, that can catch passes that they'll, he'll, they'll spell. I think it's just going to be like a, a RBBC, which is horrible to say that, but I think that's
2: what it's going to be for this season. I even read I today read that Sproles is still trying to figure out if he's going to play this year with them
0: or not. Well, he's it's been trying to one figure one, that out for like two years thing, now. Right? He's been trying to figure that out for a while now. I think with injuries and everything <laughs> like that, he's trying to figure out if he wants to stay, if he wants to leave. I don't, I don't really think he even knows what he wants.
2: And I think uh, Howard is only on a one-year deal, right, with the trade? He still carries over his contract from – I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's – Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, But so if it is an RBVC like you guys are suggesting, is it – is it going to be a Saints setup, or I mean, what, what, what do you guys what do you guys see it's going to be? Is it just Jimmy Jordan-Howard at the goal line, or is it going to be a first and second down, Jordan-Howard gets it, third if down, they Jordan, bring
1: – If it's Jordan-Howard, they're hampered by what he can do. So you're just going to see the defense start keying in on the run when he's in again, so it's going to fall back on on wanting to have somebody that can do everything, in my opinion.
3: That makes sense, too.
0: I mean, Doug Peterson is so always – my argument
3: with that is uh... – I agree with you, but if you look at Chicago last year, which I don't have anything against Miller, Robinson, Burden, or Trubisky, but if you look at those four and then you compare it to the Eagles this year with Wentz, you have Wentz, Ertz, Alshon, and Jaws, I guess, is going to be there. DJacks. Um,
0: Djax, yeah.
3: Djax. Yeah. Like, they have yeah. more weapons so that they're not going to be able to lock in on one thing. Like, Wentz will be able to spread the ball around still. Um, so, maybe Jordan Howard sees a little bit more reps because of that, the weapons that they have on the outside. But who knows what's going to happen. But I could see that where they use Jordan Howard more as like a decoy so they can they can throw the ball. You know, like on a first down they'll put him in and, and do play action to him.
0: Well, you know, Doug Peterson has always been, for, for the time that we've had him, has always been an offensive mastermind. So, I can't envision him bringing Jordan Howard on the field to run the ball every time because that's going to be a dead giveaway of what play we're running. So, I could I could definitely I could see some both on the field at the same time. Yeah, I could see yeah. some disguises yeah. being set up, some some misdirections, all that kind of stuff to utilize what they've got. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they Jordan. do with it.
1: Jordan Howard's best play might be the play action pass. Strip it down to Deshaun Jackson.
0: Yeah, their connection's really working out so far. I know Frank doesn't like to talk about OTAs, but <laughs> they've been they've been hitting some throws in OTAs so far.
3: I mean, DJx is still Djax. He's got speed. He's gonna beat somebody especially cornerback number twos that they line him up against. And if he gets down the field, he's going to catch it and, and score. I mean, I'm sure d will have six or seven long bomb touchdowns this season.
0: You know? No, I completely agree with that. I just, It's going to be interesting to see what that team does for sure. For real, at the 1.05 this time, I'm going to make sure I don't jump the gun a little early again. Frank, you're back on the clock. What are you taking?
3: So, speaking of Philadelphia, I really want to take Sega because i've fallen in love with him i think he can grow with wince and be like you know take over for alshon after this season but i'm gonna go with my true second the wide receiver that i have ranked second overall in this draft
0: do sorry. me in don't front do of it. sega don't you do it
3: and don't you do it, uh, do it. i'm gonna take paris campbell oh, okay you didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> no <I'm laughs> not taking dk don't worry <laughs> especially not after I saw the knee video and then the, the stop it on a, a pennies <laughs> video. Um, I think Paris Campbell in, in that offense, he's got way too much opportunity, especially with Luck. They play in a dome on turf. Uh, I just, I can't see him not having success in that offense. I know they're talking like of all the hype so far is like Deion Kane and how he's cutting and looking since his ACL surgery. But I think they drafted the Paris Campbell for a reason, knowing how they were gonna use him kinda of, I think they'll actually even use him in like a Tyreek Hill kinda of role, like Ty Hill's first year or two in the league. And I mean Luck's talented and they got all the talent in the world in an offense.
0: ACLs are hard to come back from. I mean that's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of training. So to say that Deion's is just gonna come back and do what he was doing and I mean in preseason, I mean we're not even talking about an actual regular season game, we're talking about preseason. I don't I don't quite get that yet, if we're being honest.
2: And I don't. I don't think Devin Funch sucks. I don't think he's a terrible football player. He's a, a valuable asset and could be, you know, very useful and a and a big body target for Andrew Luck. He likes that guy. I, you know, I don't know. I like Paris Campbell. I think he's got a ton of talent. I think he's a, a year two guy for the price, anyways. Especially you know taking him here at the one hundred and five. All good, but you know you can probably get him for a late first next year. You don't. Um, think, you don't think him but, and
0: Ty have the same skill set?
2: And they're different to me. Um and TY's got his own ditch, but anybody that's linked to Andrew Luck in and that offense, sign me up too. So, you know, I'd be willing to sit on him for a year. Even if it was his breakout next year.
3: And I I totally agree. Like, I think Funches is a benefit of the offense that he was in last year. But at the same time, like with Hilton, Funches, Ebron, Doyle, like, Paris Campbell has, is gonna have all the space in the world to run. And if he catches the ball in the backfield, like he can if he gets by one or two guys and he's down the sideline, you're not catching him. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Or he catches one of those padman like Odell slants, single covered, and yeah. everybody else yeah. spread out. I think they get creative with them.
2: They'll get him the football, and that's where he's that's where he's good. Man, get the football in his hands, let so him do work, and they'll figure out ways to get the ball. Get creative, you know.
0: Well, there are there are a few receivers like him in this draft class that get them the ball in open space and and watch them go to work. So I completely see him having some long touchdowns and breaking free several times this season. So moving on to me at 1.06, finally on the clock, I get to take my 1.02 in a Superflex. Um, I'm going to take Dwayne Haskins here. So in a Superflex, what we talked about last year, or last week, me and Aaron, we talked about how in, in super superflex QBs are where your value's at. It's it's your prime position. It's where you're going to be getting your most points week in and week out. Um, so for me to get him at 1.06 here, I think is an absolute steal. You saw him in college. He's a prolific passer. Um, more than Ohio State's had in a while now. Hit over what was it, 5,000 yards. And I um, mean, he just he he lit up the college world. Um, I know he only has one full season starting, but I think. I think for me, he, he's the prototypical passing quarterback that, that most teams are coveting. Um, he goes to a team that has that, that's starting to revamp their offense. They have a top offensive line. They've got Darius guys coming back from an injury, and they've given him the weapons to succeed. So um, I'm taking my man here, my 1.02, uh, Dwayne Haskins. What do you guys think of that?
2: I, I like it, man. Dwayne Haskins, to me, I like that he slept on a little bit. Um, I like him in Washington. I don't necessarily love all his receiving options there, but they'll fix that over the next couple of years. I'm assuming they'll have another high pick next year. You know, Jerry Judy might look good in that Redskins outfit. You never know. So, uh, he's a great talent. I I think he didn't get enough credit. I love what he did at Ohio State. And, uh, man, that's that's great value at 106. I love it. I think
3: the firepower that they're going to have in that offense this year is going to be nice. Um, He's got the – the reputation with McLaurin from college. Um, I don't think Harmon's as bad as everybody says he is. You know, I, don't th- I think he's definitely better than his draft, where they drafted him talent-wise. We'll see if Josh Doxon, what he can do, um, if he can bounce back and finally, like, show something. And then you got Geis coming off the injury, and you still got Chris Thompson,
0: you know, so – yeah, he definitely yeah. set a setup to succeed in that offense, I would, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you guys. Last week, we were uh, Matt Majax and I were talking about um, Dwayne Haskins being the steal of the NFL draft as far as uh, Washington just kind of having him fall to him with New York choosing someone else at six.
0: And, and for me, he he's the steal of the NFL draft, and I really think he's the steal of, of rookie drafts this year too because – Several rookie drafts I've done so far, I'm seeing him go anywhere from the, the 1.04 to the 1.07 range. And for me in a super flex, that, that feels like stealing. I mean, you're getting a prime position outside of the top three picks.
2: You're just never going to get them cheaper. You know what I mean? The, the rookie drafts, the startups, that's when you get your quarterbacks. They just don't get any cheaper after that.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, their price explodes after year one, and all of a sudden you can't really trade for quarterbacks and super flex anymore because no one wants to do it. Unless you're Frank and you want to give me Pat Mahomes for a good price, which I'm still shocked that happened. Hey,
3: that was a good deal. I have, look, (laughs) I have a a trading problem, okay? (laughs) I I make way too many trades. Like, there's one league I won, um, it's with uh, Xavier Warner, Coach X on Twitter. It's uh, the Dynasty Fanatics Leagues, and I won it last year. And the week after I won it, I sold Gurley, I sold Julio, I sold. Uh Ertz. I sold Tevin Coleman. I, I pretty much gave away my whole team that I won the league with and like rebuilt it. Just because I'm playing with their money and I like talking shit, but <laughs>
2: like,
3: I just I, I wanna make moves constantly. So like they're all like, Man, you, you literally blew your team up and like you're gonna have like the you'll be the one on one next year and like, oh I got your one one, like I got your first round for next year and I'm like I'm playing with y'all's money, so no matter what happens, like this is free lead for me. Like I can I can <laughs> you're, playing, you're playing like, you're
0: playing with house money now.
3: <laughs> but, you know, um but I I think Haskins one, he's gonna be a nightmare for the Giants for the next decade, especially for passing up on him at six for Daniel Jones. Like he's every time they he plays him for two seasons, he's just gonna try to dominate him and and throw up a fifty burger every time. And I think he's. I think he's a good passer. I think he was the best passer coming out, in my opinion, from the tape that I watched. But I think they'll eventually, like like uh, McGriff was talking about, they'll eventually put weapons around him um, and build a wide receiver core. Uh, Jordan Reed's still there, and I know like he's not like a sexy name this offseason, but when he's healthy, he's a definitely a capable tight end one. You know. Yeah. So I think he has the opportunity to definitely put up some numbers this year. Uh, maybe be like a like quarterback fourteen to like eighteen range if he starts all sixteen games.
0: Agreed, love it. Yep. So moving on at the one point oh seven. A.A. Ron, you are back on the clock.
1: Well, I can't let him slip any any further than one oh seven. Uh, most I shouldn't say most many people's one oh one. Definitely many people's one oh one in non superflex, but it's got to be Mister Josh Jacobs. My only fear, though, with him is just not buying into the Raiders. I just don't know what to expect out of them. I generally like to take players on better teams. But this particular pick, I am choosing what I see as talent in Jacobs and hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, at that yeah. point, at that point, you can't let him slip any further than that. He's a lot of people's top pick this year, and, and, and for good reason. The tape shows that he's got that hard-nosed nose. Uh, hard-hitting style of football that I know Gruden loves. So he's the perfect fit for that offense. And I don't really see anybody on that team that's going to give him a competition for carries. So I think getting him at this point is, is, isn't even something that you can expect from for most of your leagues anyway.
2: I think quietly, too. Like, we forget. Uh, and Marshawn started off a little bit slow, but he was very startable the first half of last year in fantasy leagues. And then when Doug Martin came in and actually started to get some play and he was getting utilized a lot, he was very startable at the tail end. And then Jalen Rashard was a flex play if you needed him to. I mean, we had like 80-something targets last year. If they utilize Josh Jacobs, like the capital they're spending on him, it could be, I think he's going to surprise some people. Uh, well, I, like you're saying, most people have him as the 101, so right. i was going to surprise those folks, but I think we could be like, you know, really surprised at any end. you'd be like, man, he was utilized a lot in that They kind of have to, now that they've taken him that high, only running back in the first round. They almost have to just buy in and roll with it. So uh, I'm curious to see how Gruden gets down with uh, Josh Jacobs over there.
3: Well, I mean, he didn't have that much usage in in college at Alabama. You know, they didn't use him a ton. Um, So he doesn't have all that usage and mileage on his legs. So he's coming in fresh, you know. He can, he can start right from day one, and, and I think he can be a, a 18 to 22 touch guy, a game for you. And if you're going to get him at the 107, which probably will never happen in any other league other than with us four, you know, um, it's going to be a steal. But I, I think he's worthy of the 101, um, clearly. Even in a super flex over Kyle, I think he's worthy of the 101 if your QB situation, uh, you know, if you have like three or four already startable QBs that are young. I think you can take a risk on Jacobs, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I
3: mean, that's what I did in our Debbie league. I took Jacobs at the 101. And then, because I took, well, I originally had Mahomes, Mahomes, Wentz, and Jimmy G, I think, were my three quarterbacks. So, Mm -hmm. I said, screw it, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs. And then I traded Mahomes and Wentz, and now I think I just have Jimmy G and some, who knows who I have.
0: But the return you got for it was good enough, so...
3: But, I mean, like I said, he you'll never see him at 107, but the talent's there, the opportunities there, and the draft capital's there.
0: So, is that a testament to us liking guys a little better than Jacobs? Is, is there something that we're worried about with Jacobs in Oakland, or is, is it just we like situations a little bit more for some of the other guys we took?
1: For me personally, like I said, he would have been my pick at 104. But I went with my perception of a better offense at that point and hopefully a better outcome in the end of the first year for Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs. But that's purely just not knowing what to expect from Oakland.
2: I think uh, one way to look at it, too, is he can easily outscore, besides Haskins and Murray, everybody else has been drafted off this board so far, right? And that's not even... opportunity Opportunity alone. Yeah, that's just, you know, you want fantasy points at the end of the day. I personally, I got Jacobs significantly over Sanders. Montgomery and him could be very equal at the end of the thing. could be both up for rookie of the year discussions. Um, but man, if you want fantasy points, a 107, that's silly, right? That was almost disrespectful what we were doing to that man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, like I said,
3: when I took Montgomery, like Montgomery's my running back one coming out, and then Jacobs was my two, but in our debut league, I had the first pick and I had the fourth pick, and I knew that I could, if I took Jacobs at one, somebody was going to take Murray or trade up and take Murray, and then somebody was going to take Harry, so I could get both of them. You know, if I took Montgomery at one, Jacobs wouldn't have been there at four. So right, 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 I took the right. risk of going with, with even though Montgomery is my one, I knew I just had a, a more confident in taking him, being able to get him at four than I would have been able to get Jacobs.
0: So the moral of this story is we were talking about a while ago. Get your guys, get your so guys. for those listening, if you see Jacobs for some odd reason slipping this far, <laughs> make a trade and go up and get him, because <laughs> that is disrespectful, what we just did to him. <laughs> well, one, make the
3: trade to go up and get him, and then try to get your, your buy-in back, and try to get into a different league with somebody else, other people, because they probably don't know what they're doing. We're just here grabbing our guys in a, in a regular rookie draft. <laughs>
0: You know, yeah, I'm little, just doing little, a mock. No yeah, <laughs> less, uh, uh,
3: Josh Jacobs. No way, any the four of us let Josh Jacobs slip no, that no. far. Yeah. No. You
0: know. No, 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 no. Moving on. I'm back on the clock at 1.08. So, so there's a pick I want to make here, <laughs> but no, I, them, I I think I can get him later, unless you guys, unless Mr. McGriff here ends up snapping me at some point, which I'm probably sure he will. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different route here. I'm going to take the first tight end off the board, uh, first tight end off the NFL draft board, too, and take TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit. So we've talked before about the Lions running this experiment of drafting first-round tight ends for the last few years now, and nothing's really panned out yet. But for for me, Hawkinson's got the skill set to succeed in Detroit. I mean, he's got – he's got everything that you want out of your starting tight end. And for me personally, when I'm building a roster, I always prefer to have, have a solid starter at that tight end position, because if you can get somebody that, you know, is going to end up as a, as a tight end one, not saying that, that going to do that this year, but I think he certainly has that potential. Um, Getting somebody that could be a tight end one that can just be a plug and play starter for your roster um, is, is better than sitting there trying to guess who's going to be, a tight end one after the top four guys. So there, there, there's a pick I wanted to make there, but I'm going to end up taking TJ Hawkinson there and hoping that he's the tight end that fixes all of Detroit's problems.
3: Didn't you hear they're a running team now?
0: Little, little of that I think is, is, is coach speak, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I could end up biting that bullet, but I, I still think that you don't waste a top ten pick on a tight end not to use them.
3: I'm... Um. I said this the other night. And I, I was on um, I was on Dynasty Warzone pod, and we talked about Hawkinson. They did the same thing with Ebron. Granted, Hawkinson's probably more talented than Ebron was, but I can't trust it until I see it, and that's how I play fantasy. And I can't trust the Detroit block tight end until I see it. Uh, and so after before the draft, I had Hawkinson above Font, uh, Fon. and then after the landing spots happened, I switched them because I think fans got a better opportunity for this year, the next, for at least for this year and next year.
0: And in I think mind. that's what I was thinking in my mind is, while, while Font has the, has the better situation now, we're, I mean, we're playing dynasty. So in my mind, I want to take the guy that I see having a better situation for the long, time, long term because for the most part, we, we see that it takes tight ends generally around three years to develop anyway. So I'm, I'm going to take a guy that I think can be better, after those three years rather than one that can produce now and, and ends up falling short to, to the guy that I wanted originally.
2: I like it, man. I think, I think Hawkinson's a machine. I love him as a football player. You know, you know Fantasy aside, that's a guy I want to play with. That's a guy I want to be in my locker room. That's a guy I want – I know that he's lined up on the offense. Uh, Stafford's got to be happy whether he's targeting him or throwing him over his head or not, but he's going to be happy that he's on his team. So, uh, great player – Terrific upside. Can't be mad at that pick
0: there. Aaron, what do you think about that?
2: The entire time you were talking about Hawkinson
1: and his comparison to the past tight ends there, I kept thinking, and this is only because I had him in a couple of dynasties last year, I keep thinking about Stafford's first game last year against the Jets and how he just got plastered. And... granted the two teams I had Stafford on, I also had uh, Mahomes, so I never had to go back to Stafford but it's what has stuck in my mind and kind of like Frank was saying, I need to see it from Detroit, not only with just the tight ends but their offense in general because I do fear they're going to shift more to that running back style where the the running's going to set up the, the pass and Like you said I I really need to see it With Detroit
3: I want to just say One thing I lost $100 On that game Because I took Detroit's money line And then they go out And they get Smoked By the Jets On Monday Night Football Wasn't that week one? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm Mm-hmm
0: Still not better About that are you?
3: It was like 45 to like 10 or some shit by half Yeah The Jets With Sandar. I was like What is uh, Oh man Didn't he throw like didn't Sam Darnold throw a pick six to start the game too? I do believe so. And they were up, they were down yeah. like seven in like the and, first six seconds. And, like, and right. then Stafford
1: matched it by throwing six interceptions or something crazy like that. <laughs> Could
3: you imagine starting your fantasy season? Well, you did uh, have you.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you looked at it uh, on Monday night. And you're like six interceptions. Yeah. I, w- I was scared. No.
0: So you guys ready to let uh? Let Matt take over this, this rookie draft here because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's going to be talking for a while now. So I hope you, <laughs> Matt, I hope you got your guys lined up now because you are right. on the clock for the next three picks.
2: So I get to go really in any order I want. Wouldn't necessarily be this order if we were drafting, but we could stick to tight ends. And, you know, Frank was hitting on the head. I, man, man, could, I mean, more than likely, we'll in Hawkinson and then. You look at the forecast, you know, the look ahead, right? So you got your oh, – real fast, I'm taking with the 109 Noah fan if you didn't figure that out. <laughs> um, you know, the look ahead, right? They take a couple years to develop uh, Flacco with fan. I'm in there. I love that. Sign me up for that all day long. And then, you know, we forget that uh, Drew Locke, you know, he had Albert O down there. But Albert O and him were connecting. And Albert O's good. I'll probably be the top tight end coming out next year. I don't know if he's good as Fan. So, you know, that kind of makes me excited, too, for the long term. You know, at what point does Locke take over that job, whether it be next year or sometime this year. But I'm not mad at that either, and they're working together now. So I'm, I'm a big fan of fan, especially where you're able to get them. I got them at the 202 in one draft I was just in, which was filthy. But um, I, I'm definitely jumping on board there. Young, talented, tight end with the capital. I'm all in on uh, some fans, especially where you can get them. What do you guys think?
0: I love that
2: pick. I love yeah, it. So I think well. he's – exactly. Yeah, he's going to be uh, Flacco's new
1: favorite tight end. We we saw him work out uh, tight ends in, in Baltimore when he had Pitta. And I think Fant's going to move into that,
3: that comfortable role for Flacco. Fant reminds me a lot of Todd Heap when Todd Heap was in Baltimore. Um, I actually traded – speaking of like me doing all my my crazy trades – I gave up Kelsey in a tight end one point five tight end premium league uh, last week. I gave up Kelsey in a twenty twenty second for Penny. It was Penny, Will Fuller, Fant in a twenty twenty first. I just think like Flacco's gonna feed him and like you said, like Locke had all that that good camaraderie with uh, the, with O in Missouri. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's just gonna do the same thing, you know. Look at look at who's teaching him though, like Elway always had a great tight end, and they always used him, you know? Like, Elway's going to be able to teach him how to use his tight end to benefit him.
2: I think the biggest knock on Fant is that all the Jake Butt truthers are kind of cringing. Are they really <laughs> Jake Butt truthers? <laughs> I think just purely on name, name value.
1: Matt and I were talking about that last week. The, the, the worst thing about Fant going there is I can't buy my son a jersey with the name Butt on it.
3: You can uh, still buy the jersey. It's just not going to be worth anything ever. <laughs> There's no resale value to it.
2: All right. So since I got two more in a row here, probably no. I will say. I mean, outside of Harry, just off the off the draft capital, you got to do it. But my favorite receiver in this draft wasn't the big stumbling bison that everyone uh, is freaking out about. But his his uh, teammate in college, and that's AJ Brown. Yeah. yeah, he's with the Titans. Yeah, he's with Mariota um i did see mario put on 10 pounds of muscle though whatever that's supposed to mean does it fix his elbow that's what i'm more important or what's more important to me but i love AJ brown super super good receiver definitely underrated all he did was produce all he does is work i think it actually bumps Corey davis up a little bit and i want to say maybe it was tyler that was talking about worst case scenario is mario sucks this year they, what they draft Tua next year, they bring in another quarterback, they don't pick him up for another year, and let's start this experiment over. Or the opposite end of the spectrum, Mariota plays great or above average, and then his receivers benefit from it. I, who knows what that situation will look like with Corey Davis, but I feel like the safety net, maybe some Humphreys in there. Uh, but I think AJ Brown could really excel in this offense. I love, like I said, I love him in college. He was my wide receiver one pre-draft. Had to bump him for Harry after the draft, but uh, I guess I'm a big fan. And once again, I'm talking about going to get your guy. And A.J. Brown's my guy, so I'll gladly take him to the one And what, what do you guys think?
0: So, for me, I've got mixed feelings on this. So, A.J. Brown was, was my 1.01 for a long time, you know, leading up to this scouting process through through the combine and, and everything. But so so I love, love the player, um, hate the landing spot. Mariota has shown that he's not able to utilize Corey Davis's skill set or what well, we thought his skill set was going to be anyway. I'm um, not sure he's really showed off to what his skill set was when we all drafted him so early a few years ago. But at the same time, if he can't support Corey Davis as the wide receiver one on that roster, there's there's an area that, that makes me a little hesitant to draft Brown because if Corey Davis isn't isn't feasting on a lack of offensive weapons, what tells me that A.J. Brown isn't going to do the same. And since we want to talk about teams running the ball more, it's important to note that they've they've talked and said that Derrick Henry is going to be the work, workhorse back for them this season. I know that's that's been something they've said for a while now, but I think from the end of last season, that could be something that very well becomes a possibility this year.
2: Uh, so,
3: So here's, I think you hit the nail on the head, and it's that Mariota, like, I'm looking at his stats, and he's only in four years, which last year I guess we can't count. Well, I mean, we can because he started 13 games. But in four years, he's had 19 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 13, and 11. Like, this is an NFL quarterback, you know. I think no matter what happens, unless he puts up some, like, 40, 740 touchdown season, like, they're moving on and maybe they trade more draft capital and they move up and they take they two take or they take Herbert. Um, but mostly with rookie wide receivers, they, they need a year to, to grow. You know what I mean? We haven't we haven't seen that lately in the last couple of years. Like these wide, these rookies wide receivers, a couple of them have been coming in and just blowing everything off the map. But, I mean, if you're going to take him, what are you, 110 you're taking, AJ? You know, you're taking AJ at 110. He's going to sit on your bench this year, you know. And then you get to, to get a tour or a Herbert a, a true passer in there you know um I think I think he's he's got all the town in the world he was my 101 pre- draft before he went to Tennessee you yeah. uh, know I think he was I, I think he's leaps and bounds better than DK he just didn't take a, a, a picture with his shirt off you know
2: <laughs> he's jacked too though yeah but and if you're picking at 110 odds are you're at the top end of, you know of your league um, you've got a contending team adding a, a good bench piece like that may not be a terrible move. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I just like him too much to pass. So I, I tend to lean talent over situation, and I know a lot of people argue the opposite way. But situations change so fast in the NFL these days, not like the old days where, you know, you're on one team, you're there for 12 years or whatever. You have the same quarterback, don't need the ball forever. But situations change a lot. And so to, to to make Mariota the deciding factor, I – he, he's more than likely not going to be there next year. I think if anything else, it's 50-50. So, you know, that, the, those situations change too quick. So I'm, I'm taking the talent there. A.J. Brown at 10.
0: If Mariota isn't there after this season, I can see how, how drafting A.J. Brown at this spot could be something that we everybody should be looking into because after getting a new quarterback, Brown's prizes can do anything but go up. So you're getting him for a late first year for somebody that was – touted as the one point oh one before he got drafted to Tennessee. Uh that's that's a steal for me in and of itself, as long as he gets a quarterback that actually throw him the ball.
3: Right. So so I know we you know we talk about this draft class being down, but AJ Brown was like I think it was him and it was Montgomery. Were the only two that I would put next year in the first round out of this out of this draft class. Like before draft, before you know, where they went. They're put like um, the you know the teams they went to in the draft, Montgomery and AJ Brown, talent wise, are the only two that compete with me in the 2020 class. So for you to get him at 110, even with Mariota, you know, like you said, if you're in the back end of the draft, you probably were in the playoffs. Obviously, your team's solid enough
0: where I mean, you're not you using them anyway.
3: Sit on no. your taxi squad. No.
0: So, Frank, are we going to see a picture with you, your shirt off, soon, or is that something I'm just dreaming about?
3: No, you don't want to see that. <laughs> not at all. It might it, it might scare people away.
0: <laughs> Talk about some hot takes.
3: <laughs> but I, I know nobody else is going to be able to see this because it's not going to be a video podcast. But I need everybody that listens to this podcast to tweet at, at uh, Crime Dog himself, Mr. McGriff, and just have him send a uh, headshot. And he'll just be, he'll be all... <laughs>
0: I mean, I've been looking. I've been looking. I've been looking at Crime Dog this entire podcast. I've been looking at him this entire podcast. It's the only way I'm getting through it.
2: You guys are too kind, man. I didn't know I'm going to do that. One eleven. Now I forgot. Just take yourself with the eleven pick. I'll be taking Crime Dog. Um, so to keep things going, so you don't make my head any bigger than it is, um, at the one eleven. And uh, I might be doing this for my buddy Andrew, but I'm going to take Debo Samuel. Oh, my heart. No. Oh. Who, who is his wide receiver one and future Hall of Famer and everything else that Andrew's got him locked in as. But um, I, I honestly, a lot of this goes to uh, Frank's quarterback one on the year, and that's Jimmy G and that offense. And it's Pettis, it's Kittle, it's Samuel. Marquis Goodwin, maybe a little bit somewhere in there. He's running a couple deep routes, but Jordan, uh, don't be, forget about Jordan Matthews. Yeah, I already forgot about Jordan Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> um, although he's one of those guys you kind of like to like, but you, you wish the best for him, but, you know, see you on another team in a couple months. Um, at Debo's immediate, start, I mean, he's one of those guys, like, if you need a receiver now, I feel like you could draft him now and feel comfortable starting week one if you had to. But um, and so he's just uh, not necessarily durable. He's had a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of talent. They spent the capital on him. They needed help there at the receiving core. I know a lot of people were thinking, you know, Hakeem Buckler or all kinds of different receivers they were shooting for there or the fans wanted anyways. And uh, when they took Debo, I know there's a little bit of, well, why'd we do that when we already got Dante Pettis? But I think it makes sense. Um, I like it. I'm buying into the Jimmy G uh, hype a little bit in that offense and, I want good players associated with the quarterback, so I'm taking Debo Sandler here at the 111. Yeah, my, my Jax and I talked last time
1: about how Debo almost mirrors Dante Pettis, and they they both don't necessarily specialize at any one of the wide receiver positions, but they both can do all of them really well, and I think they're both going to be used under the, the Shanahan Mind scheme of things beautifully, and like to your point, we're going to be able to use them earlier than later together.
0: I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys what I think about <laughs> Debo Samuel because I just recently put out an article that, that told you guys just how much I love Debo Samuel. I'm, I've got him as my rookie wide receiver two on the year this year, and I don't, I don't quite see that as a hot take as much as I see it as something that can really end up coming to play. We always look at, at three big things when we look at rookie production, and even even looking at future production, we look at what what they did in college. Did they have the college stats? Did they have the combine testing, and did they have the landing spot? And for me, I think Debo hit all three of those on the head. You know, he had first team All American, first team All SEC his last year of college. He put out decent enough stats at the combine to show that he's got the explosiveness and the the chops to, to make it in the NFL. And he landed on a team where no pass catcher caught more than, than five touchdowns and no pass catcher caught over 500 receiving yards. So he's going to a place that has a lot of unknown and where no one has really established himself. So if I'm taking a chance on somebody this late to, to really show up and be – the wide receiver of the future on that team. I'm taking Debo every single time.
3: I love it. I think. I think Jimmy G. I think everybody knows that I'm in love with Jimmy G. He was what eight and one as a starter before he got hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, grant three of them were two of them or three of them were with New England, but he went to San Francisco when they traded him and won five straight games with a team that was in the cellar. I just think he's a great quarterback, and I think with Kittle and in Shanahan's mind, um, they'll get Pettis and Kittle and Debo will be the three headed monster there. Uh, I think Marquis Goodwin kind of falls back. But let's not forget that they they also drafted Hurd. Um and I think Hurd will get a lot of uh of looks too with his skill sets. Um and being what well, isn't Hurd like six five or six six or some crazy yeah, yeah. Some right, crazy right. like that. So I, I think that offense has nothing but but upside. Um Shanahan's going to have that offense and in that division you know he's they're gonna have to keep up with the Rams scoring wise you know so and Arizona's coming in with with Murray and, and Kingsbury and I think it's gonna be a lot of shootouts in that division this year so it's only it's only good for Debo
0: yeah I absolutely love that pick there that's one of my favorite picks of the draft and like I told you guys earlier I've I I, I don't think there's a a player on any of my dynasty teams that I own more than Debo Samuel right now, just cause where you can get him versus his potential upside. So now that McGriff is done taking all of our picks and (laughs) controlling this podcast, we're going to move on and I'm on the clock at the 1.12. I've got a few options here I'm thinking of, and you guys are probably going to not like where I'm going to go here. So at this pick I'm between three guys. Um, Really want to take D.K. Metcalf here because I still think he's a first-round receiver regardless of what we all say about his knees or his <laughs> his high knees or his lateral agility. And I also am contemplating taking McCole Hardman here just based on draft stock and the role that he's going to be playing on the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think what I'm going to go here is is take somebody that, I think is slipping a little further than he probably should. When it when it's going to come down to the end of the year, we're going to be looking at these stats again. Um, I'm going to take JJ Arsega whiteside here at my 112. Um, he he's he's one of the receivers that the more that I watch tape on him, the more that, that I'm that I'm loving what I'm seeing and I'm I'm starting to fall in love with the receiver he is. He landed on on a team like Aaron said that's got a high powered offense. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. Is a good receiver, and he, he's he's done a lot for us, but he's not the future there. Um, he's not going to be there too much longer, I reckon. A um, few more seasons maybe, but uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to me is the future. He can definitely play that Alshon Jeffrey role and have the touchdown upside, and I think when we look back at this draft, he's going to be the steal that a lot of people are getting in your early to mid-second round range.
3: I, I love the pick. Um, I was going to take him at, at 105. He's got the talent. He's going to have the offense. He's got the quarterback that can throw it. We've seen Wentz. He can be productive when he's healthy. Uh, that offense can click. They can average 30 something points a game. There's enough targets to go around. Jeffrey's going to be gone next year. Joe, Sago, you know, he'll he'll move right into that Jeffrey role. I think alongside Ertz. Uh, you can't go wrong with that pick, I don't think, especially
2: at the 112. Uh, yeah, you, so Alshon's not long for it. d is definitely not long for it. They clearly hate Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz is a, a PPR monster, and they want to fill Goddard in there. But, they, I mean, we, we can be looking at J.C. Arcega-Whiteside as being the key receiver on that offense a year from now. Um, once again, good, good player linked with a great quarterback. Sign me up. I don't want to get too far. I, I don't think he's got the the D ball. AJ Brown. Maybe plug him and play him week one kind of style, just because of how many mouths they got to feed over there. But man, he could be one of those guys that got slept on in most circles for a long time. I just want to, and just one now, going, man, this is the guy we need to go put some money on.
0: So at, at one twelve, more than likely, unless you've traded out of this pick, you're you're the championship team picking here. So you you've got time to sit. Put him on your taxi squad and and sit and wait for him to develop in the receiver that we're all talking about that he can be so i i think just like uh crime dog was saying this could be a pick that even next year we're all going you know how did he even slip that far it's the
1: perfect spot to take him because you get a year to wait assuming you're the the champ you got a good team it's it it is it's it's slid to you at the right spot
0: so we are running on about an hour long podcast right now. So for the sake of dragging this out any longer than it's than it's already been dragged out, I want to just kind of do a round robin thing now. Um, I'm going to go to each, each of you guys and just give me one player that you're looking at either in the second round or in some of your later rounds that you think is, is going to be screaming value here in the next few years. So Aaron, I'm going to start with you first.
1: I wouldn't be able to get out of the second round without taking Devin Singletary. Uh, A lot of old men in front of him in the running back room. And it's going to be his field to run uh, sooner than later. And, yeah, he wasn't fast at the combine. I don't care. You're not going to catch him in a phone booth. And that's where he's going to make his money. Evading tackles
3: and running 20 yards at a time is fine for me. I don't think McCoy makes it to the season. I think they either trade him or let him go. And then Frank Corr is kind of just there. I think Singletary could step in and, and especially if he has a good training camp in, in preseason, Singletary could definitely take that starting role yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: week one. Yeah.
0: Very, yeah. Possible, very possible. There's just no one on that team right now that I see being being the running back of the future. So, Singletary I think is a guy that you definitely have to grab because he, yeah. he could be the starter by, what, week three, if not the beginning of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, oh,
3: say that doesn't involve football. The Raptors just won game one. Whoa.
2: Should have been the Bucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Crime Dog was so sure it was going to be Golden State there.
2: <laughs> Man, I'm actually really surprised. <laughs> I haven't been extension all tonight, but that's wild.
0: So, Mr. Mister Matt, what, are you, what are you what's one player that you think that either in the second round or some of the later rounds that you're not going to want to – leave your rookie draft without making sure that you secure this year
2: so to try and you know keep the time here i, I love the second round of this year's draft um it's not a very top heavy draft but there's some real great value in the second round um the fact that it's super flex and and lock still on the board give me that um i i'm gonna forget now but either one of the the uh, guys from arizona butler isabella signed me up for either one of them uh, i love singletary There's a handful of guys. Give me Justice Hill. I'm trying to rack up the second round picks if I still have rookie drafts going on. But um, I like Justice Hill a lot. I think he could provide value from day one. I think they're going to run the ball a ton in Baltimore. Um, You know, they don't have to say that they're a run, trying to be a run first offense. They are a run first offense. Mark Ingram's going to get 15 to 20 carries a game. Justice Hill could easily get 10 carries a game and four targets a game. You know, coming out the gate. So. Uh, I really like what kind of value that provides there, especially
0: when you get late in your
3: second round. I'll sign me up for that. I'll take some Justice Hill. I love it. Uh, so speaking, well, real quick, I, I think Justice Hill. You know, if they're going to try to do that, that are the run pass option with with Lamar Jackson, you're not going to do it with Ingram. You're going to do it with Justice Hill. You know, Ingram's yeah, not going to be the guy that's doing a run pass option. No, no. you know, McGriff hit on my guy that I that I love. Um, I always try to trade up to 201 to take him. Um, I even took him in the first round, late first round sometimes, and that's Isabella. Uh, just if you watch his tape, like, you can just see the talent. Uh, he kind of reminds me of McCaffrey when McCaffrey was at Stanford, just kind of a do-it-all kind of guy. Uh, I think he had, like, over like 3,200 yards receiving at UMass and 30 touchdowns in his career. If In that offense, um, if it's as high-powered as everybody's saying it's going to be in a, a fast tempo, uh, I could see them using him as, you know, like like we said earlier, like a Tyreek Kill kind of guy, you know, especially in that offense with his speed and his talent. And then the other guy that I, would, I love taking in the second round is, uh, is Madison. Just nice. because you – know, hey, Oh, my God. Dalvin, <laughs> Dalvin, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, you know, he uh, he can't stay healthy. And they drafted Madison for a reason. I don't really think Boone's going to be the backup there. I think Madison's probably the, the guy there. And if Cook goes down, you're going to see a, a, increase in in usage for him, especially in that offense as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love those two guys, Madison especially. You know, Cook is Cook has definitely got the talent, but he's never really shown an ability to stay healthy. So, if you're a Cook owner out there listening, make sure that you that you go out and get Madison because he, he's going to be. Probably used more more than you would like over the next few years.
2: I think Cooks only played 15 games in two years. I I'd trade up. I'd move up. I'd overdrop Madison if I owned Cook.
3: I would do the same with, with Well, I'll, I'll let I'll let Matt take his guy because I don't want to jump on another one of his guys. But that's another guy that I would take for that same reason too.
0: So I don't think I'm not going to hit on him. I'll let you circle back around if you want to get him. There's two guys that I want to hit on right now. Um. They're a little deeper dive. You guys took some of the guys I wanted to talk about, so I'm going to go a little bit deeper. My first guy that I'm that I'm looking at third third round or so is Darwin Thompson. You know they've got yes. they've they've got Damian Williams there, but he's what 26, 27 years old, and up until last year, he hasn't really shown the ability to be an RB one or even a usable running back at this point. Um, I know he landed on a team where Kareem Hunt's not there anymore. He's got the opportunity. But I I love Darwin Thompson's tape. I think that he gets a higher percentage of carries than a lot of guys think he's gonna get right now. And he he could be a guy that that we're looking at as a steal of this draft by the end of this year too. Um, One other guy that I'm also looking at is Deontay Johnson, wide receiver from uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I talked a little while ago about paying attention to teams that traded up for a player, and Johnson's one of those guys. Pittsburgh has shown a knack for drafting usable wide receivers. They they replaced, uh, blanking on his name, uh, who they replaced with Antonio Brown, it was before Antonio Brown. It's Antonio Holmes. It's Antonio Holmes, yeah. So they, they replaced Antonio Holmes with Antonio Brown. They went and got Juju to replace Antonio Brown. Um, they've hit on wide receivers, it seems like, year in and year out now. So I'm going to pay attention to them training up to draft a wide receiver in this year's draft, and I'm going to make sure that I go out of my way to go and get him this year.
2: Like both of those, man. The the funny thing about Damian Williams, before last season, he had only five games in his career where he scored more than 10 fantasy points. And uh, now he's like, you know, everybody wants some of that, but it's like, man, he can't happen. Four years, I think it was four years, he had five startable games, if you want to call it that. So yeah, sign me up for Darwin. And, uh, you know, I you not like any receiver that they have in Pittsburgh. They hold value by the name receiver value alone in, in that uniform. So you'll be able to sell him for what you bought him for at a minimum.
0: I think I picked him up on the waiver wire after last offseason. Um, I had a lot of funds left over at the end of the season and could pay more than pretty much any other team in one of my leagues. And just a few weeks ago, ended up trading him for, like, Twenty twenty first, 20 in a player or something crazy like that.
2: When?
1: Hey, Frank, are we allowed to uh, talk about this year's Alvin Kamara? Sure. Oh, I didn't know you'd let me speak it into the, the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, one of the other players that uh, the further along we go in the offseason that I definitely want a piece of, if not only to help out the teams that I have, Todd Gurley, but – I'm interested in Daryl Henderson and what the Rams are going to be doing with him. Um, I do see a scenario where they're both productive. Um, again, leading back to that, uh, Kamara role, um, whether it's getting the, the increase in passing targets and letting Gurley produce on the ground and and it is a normal role. I there is a world where they can coexist and both be
2: productive. I'm actually surprised we haven't talked about Henderson yet this far in the podcast. It's actually kind of crazy, but, um, I, man, go, go get Henderson. You're not going to, you're not going to regret it. What's the worst case scenario. The only crazy part is I see people taking them in the middle of the first round or late first round, and that's just too much to pay for essentially a handcuff until proven otherwise. And I know there's a lot of concern over Gurley, um, but, man, he's he's easy to be bought right now, too. So, I bought him this morning for cheap, I think. Yeah. I think Frank thought I was crazy because I gave up Connor for him. But, um, I, yeah, Henderson, nice. He's a great running back. So, if, if anything else, he's a good running back behind Gurley. The thing that trips me out, though, is last year they took John Kelly in the fourth. And I get that the need wasn't as big of an issue. Then they take Henderson in the third. And then it's like, oh, man, like we have you know hit the alarm button. So, I Kelly is a better running back than Henderson to me, but you know, I guess he just wasn't averaging yards to carry. So either way, great pick, especially in the second round. Even if you took him at the two hundred one, I don't think anybody would be mad at that.
0: I know this is going to be something nobody really wants to talk about, but I'm seeing Gurley's price slip to about mid-second in a startup. Are are we trying to buy Gurley? or we sending out feelers? Or are we just staying away from their authorized issue in the first place?
3: No, I've been saying since I've been saying since February that I'm staying away from him. I mean. You don't sit a player of his quality in the playoffs like they did if there's not something else. And, and you don't trade up and draft another running back after you drafted John Kelly in the fourth round uh, if if there's not something else that they're worried about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's something's wrong with his knees, and they're not telling us the whole story. And until we know the whole story, I'm staying away. And then it may be too late, but I'm not going to buy Gurley.
2: At, the, at this point in time, I guess, it, I guess for it me, be, if the price is right, I'm buying them. If I'm finding, like this morning, the guy posted in our chat, like, anybody want girly? And that's like, you know, I'd take them, right? And that was easy. That was an easy buy in that circumstance. But when people are still wanting the girly of last year's value farm, then absolutely not. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be a lot of league dependent, yeah.
0: owner dependent.
2: No doubt.
0: So, guys, I think that I'll just about wrap us up for tonight. Um, Frank you want to tell the people what you're working on right now and where they can find you on Twitter
3: yeah I, uh, I'm working on, on expanding my repertoire um, moving away from the, the hot takes um, just because it's too many people trying to do it now uh, so I'm gonna start you know teaching myself more of the statistics side of things and looking in the catch percentages and snap counts and, and trying to ex- become a better analyst um, Uh, June 7th, myself, Andy Singleton, and Jim Day start a FF Champs After Dark podcast on Friday uh, nights. We're going to have a bunch of uh, awesome guests uh, that Jim Day is going to be able to grab for us. Uh, And I'm at DHH underscore Frank. You can always tweet at me questions, and and I'll retweet them or polls or whatever and and give you as much advice. And if I don't know the answer, somebody in DHH does, and I can always help you find it.
0: Matt, what are you working on right know, now? Where can people find you?
2: So I'm at Commissioner McGriff on Twitter. Um, I just put out an article last week on some bargaining backs, some cheap backs to buy right now that to, to help you win this year. Um, and then I updated my Debbie rankings recently, but I'll, I'll keep posted on the, on the Debbie rankings on the website, so check that out. And i uh, got a couple articles I'm working on on some uh, late third, fourth round rookies to target or to stash if you can get in free agency. I'm um, all about finding gold late and, and returning, you're getting that return on investment there. So a couple couple articles coming out. And then uh, on June 11th, I'll be on the open bar with uh, Jay Mike and Man Bun. So catch me on the open bar in a couple of weeks too.
0: Well, fellas, we appreciate you joining us for our second episode of Fancy Football Trenches. It was, a, it was awesome to have both of you guys on. Um, as always, it's awesome to have everybody that, that listened to us this week and, and put in the time to check us out. Um, We look forward to seeing you next week, and give us a rate and review. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace.